Today on Awaken to Grace, we are in Colossians chapter 3. We are going to see how the Bible word renewed, where the Bible says that God desires to renew us, is where we get our English word to renovate. The point of today is that God does not leave us to ourselves. He constantly wants to change us. He constantly wants to improve us. He'll rip out the old the old self, the old practices, as Colossians 3 says, and he'll put in the new, and he will form Christ-likeness in us. Well, I hope that you enjoy today's message from Colossians chapter 3, and if you are enjoying the sermons that we bring you from Awaken to Grace, I would love to hear from you. You know, I'm completely blind. I've been a blind pastor for the last several years, but when I get emails from our listeners. It absolutely makes my day. I hope you will send me an email with who you are, where you're listening from, and how God is using Awaken to Grace in your life. You can always email me at pastorchadroberts at gmail.com. It's quite simple. pastorchadroberts at gmail.com. I hope you enjoy today's sermon called Renovated by God. Well, let's go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3, we welcome everyone that's watching online today, and uh, we're thankful for everyone that is joining us, whether in the building or online. We're so thankful for each of you. I want to share with you today a few thoughts on vision. Now, um, I've heard many sermons on vision. And normally I hear someone sharing about God's vision, uh, about the vision you have for your life. And that's important, and we're going to touch on that. I'm going to really challenge you today, biblically. Do you have a vision for your life? you have a vision for your marriage? Do you have a vision for your children? Do you have a vision for your health? And do you have a vision spiritually? I'm going to challenge you in those ways. But more important than that... I want to ask us this question. Do we realize, do we ponder, do we think about, do we pray about God's vision for our lives? I hear a lot about our vision, but you know I am biblically convinced that God has a far greater vision for our future than even we do. And I think if we begin this morning with the question, what is God's vision for my life? I think we'll get a lot farther. So I want to explore that out. You know, God does have a vision for you. And I want to share with you out of Colossians 3, verses 8, 9, and 10, as well as verse 12, how God's vision for you is shaped and how it's formed. One of the great blessings of being in this building Many of you have never seen this building prior when we moved in. You know, we moved into this building with about 30 people or less. And I'm telling you, we had nothing. We had less than nothing. A lot of people don't realize I worked full time for the church for the first eight years without any pay. A few years before that, I got paid 50 bucks a week. (laughs) But for the first eight years of our church's history, 
I worked full-time with no pay. We didn't have anything. We couldn't afford anything. And God brought us into this building, and we rented it. And I'm telling you, when we had to put flooring down, I went to buy the flooring. And to put the, for someone to pay someone to install the carpet was more expensive than the carpet we bought. And where's the cheapest place to buy carpet? Anybody know? Dalton, Georgia. I drove down to Dalton. And I went through those warehouses, and they would show me a carpet, and I'd say, how cheap is it? And they'd tell me, and I'd say, not cheap enough. Show me another one. And I finally, we got the cheapest carpet that money could buy. It was so bad that if someone spilled a cup of coffee and stained it, you couldn't even scrub the stain out. That's how cheap the carpet was. And, and when, uh, uh, when the, you remember when the Will Graham crusade happened here in our area a few years ago? Uh, one of the representatives with the Billy Graham Association, he came and they did a little training here at the church as they did many churches in this area. And boy, I was just so proud that someone from the Billy Graham Association was, you know, in here. But I was so embarrassed by our carpet. It was stained beyond belief. And I told that brother, I said, I'm so glad you want to use our building to help, but I'm so embarrassed by our carpet. And you know what that brother told me? He said, oh, Pastor Chad, he said, I look at your carpet like a well-worn Bible. It just tells me this place is being used for the kingdom of God. That made me feel so much better. But let me tell you, you don't know. I had eyesight at this point. You don't know how excited I was the day that all that nasty, I mean, uh, you know, falling apart, stained beyond belief carpet got ripped out of this building. I was so excited. And the new beautiful carpet got installed. I was so happy. But you know what God desires to do for us? You know what God's vision for your life is? Look with me at Colossians 3 verse 8. The Bible says that we're to take all bitterness and we're to take all anger and all wrath and all malice. We're to take these sinful things and we're to let God rip it out. Like that old, nasty, stained, falling apart, unraveling carpet, we're to let God take the things that are stained and the things that are sinful out of our life. We are to allow God to rip those things out of our life. And he says, verse 9, all lying, let these things be put away from you, putting off the old self and its old practices. And look at verse 10, and putting on with the new self, being renewed in the knowledge of our creator. This is one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible because do you know what that Greek word renewed actually means? I love it. It actually means to renovate. It's where we get our English word renovation. Do you realize that what God wants to do in your life, the vision that God has for you personally is to renovate you into his glory. And you know what Paul wrote in the book of Corinthians? He said, we are being renewed. That word is renovated. The same word here in Colossians 3. We are being renewed how? Day after day. One of the things I've always loved about this church through the years is that we are constantly being new and improved. You know why? Because that's the heart of God. 
God don't leave things the way it once was. Amen? He doesn't leave things the way it is. No, God loves to renovate. God loves to renew. God loves to make new. And what does God want to do in your life? What does God want to do in your marriage? What does God want to do for you spiritually and within your heart? He wants to renovate you day after day. God always wants to be active in you. He always wants to be improving you. He always wants to be at work in you. But see, there's a problem with renovations. You know what the problem is? It's a lot of mess. It's a lot of discomfort, isn't it? It's a lot of sacrifice. Those of you that has renovated your house or you know, you've renovated where you live, whatever, it, it, isn't it a mess? You look around today. Look, look, look around. You got scissor lifts in here? Those don't belong here, do they? Man, those things beep all day long. They drive us nuts. Ceiling missing? You ought to walk back through there. Poke your head in our conference room. We can't even have meetings in there. They cut through brick this week. This hallway right here was an original to the building. 1932 brick. It took them three days to cut through it. They said it had been easier to put dynamite in it and clean up later. (laughs) Renovations are hard, aren't they? And they're uncomfortable. And it's a lot of mess. And it's a lot of work. And it's a lot of attention. But let me tell you, the outcome is always worth it. Amen? And for God to rip out the old, for God to take out what's stained, for God to take out what is sinful, for God to knock out those walls that you've built year after year, for God to remove bitterness, for God to take out anger, for God to take out unforgiveness. Let me tell you, it's a lot of hard work and it's a lot of uncomfortable feelings. It's a lot of sacrifice. But let me tell you, the result is well worth it. Look at verse 12. He says, but put on then as God's chosen ones, as God's beloved, put on compassion, put on kindness, put on forgiveness, put on godliness. And let me tell you what God wants to take out of you and what God wants to put inside you. Oh, isn't it a wonderful thing? See, what we couldn't do is rip out all this stained, ugly carpet and just leave it as it is. We can't do that you got to replace. And see, some of you have been struggling because God's trying, you're trying to get out these things. You're trying to let go of sin. You're trying to let go of bitterness. You're trying to get this lust and get these greed and get this jealousy and get this envy and get these idols out of your life. But here's the key component. God wants to replace. God's not going to leave you empty. God's not going to leave the space void. God's going to put in you what is far better than what you allow him to rip out of you. Can we say amen to that? And there's some of you that you don't understand what God's trying to do right now. You don't understand why you're so uncomfortable. You don't understand why, why things are hard right now. Friends, it's because God's doing a great work in you. Let God do it. And let God rip out what he deems worthy to rip out. And let him replace those stained and sinful things. So what is vision? Let's define it this way. If you're going to take notes today, 
I want to talk some very practical things about vision. Number one, let's define it. What is vision? Vision is what could be, what should be, and what by God's grace will be. That's vision. It's what could be, what should be, and what by God's grace will be. I'll never forget watching vision take shape right before my very eyes. We had taken a group from our church down to Tijuana, Mexico. And we had the opportunity to help with some homeless there in Tijuana. There was a little old lady, probably in her 80s. And she was about this tall. (laughs) She was so short. She was so little. And we gathered all these homeless men and They allowed me to share a few words with them, and I shared whatever it was I shared that day. But let me tell you, when this woman began to speak to them, it was totally different. She, (laughs) I remember it crystal clear, she would go up to each of them as she spoke, and she'd put her little finger right here and right she was only about right here and she would put her finger right here to each of them and she would go like that and she was so passionate and she's speaking in spanish and i asked our translator i said what is she saying because it was so great and so passionate and the translator began to translate for me and my translator said she's telling them you're not always going to be homeless god's got a plan for you God's going to help you. God's going to rescue you and deliver. What was she doing? She was telling them what could be, what should be, and what by God's grace will be. Amen? What a vision. Do you have a vision for your life? Do you realize that God has a vision for your life? For those of you that want to explore what vision really is. Do you have a vision for your family? I mean, do you ever wonder what would our family dynamic be like if we actually enjoyed all being together? (laughs) What would family dynamic be like if we ate more dinners together around the table with no TV, with no tablets, with no phones? What would our family be like if we were less distracted and more bonded? Do you have a vision for your family? Do you know God's vision for your family? For those of you that are married, do you have a vision for your marriage? Do you strive together to do God's will? You know, we shared last week, Brad made mention of the marriage conference, and we shared last week, you know, most Marriages grow apart. God's vision for your marriage is to grow together. As the years go, are you growing apart or are you growing together? Do you know God's vision for your marriage? We shared last weekend, a lot of couples, you know, there's, uh, there's three, three ways that couples mainly live together. Some couples live back to back. <laughs> you ever been mad at your spouse and you sleep back to back? That's fun, isn't it? We said at the marriage retreat, times that you sleep back to back, you should picture Satan sleeping right in between you, grinning from ear to ear. Boy, he loves it when you sleep back to back. And see, some marriages are growing apart, and some marriages live like strangers in a house. 
God don't want that for your marriage. Some marriages just live shoulder to shoulder. That means that, means that they're just partners. You know, they're just, uh, they're just uh, project managers. They just do tasks together. They pay the mortgage. They grocery shop. They get the kids where they need to go. They go to work and come home. And all they do is live as project managers. That's not how God wants you to live. But then other marriages live face to face. Amen? That's intimacy. How are we to be with the Lord? Face to face. Amen? And God wants your marriage to enjoy the richest of all intimacy. Amen? Not back to back, not just shoulder to shoulder, but face to face. Or as I called it, belly button to belly button. But we won't go there. Today, <laughs> today, if you're single or divorced and you're praying about who God's going to send into your life, or do you have a vision for marrying the right person? Not for marrying a person, but marrying the right person. Amen. You ever go to the grocery store when you're hungry? That's a bad decision. Because what, what do you do? You buy anything and everything that looks good, right? And listen, if you're single today and you're dating only because you're lonely, oh, what a mistake. Because you'll date anything and everything that looks good. And it's not, it may not be God's will. No, you have to be content in the Lord, right? So do you, are, do you have a vision for the right person? Today, if you have children, do you have a vision for their future? Do you have a vision for what's shaping them and what's molding them? Do you have a vision for who you want to see them be as adults? Kind, compassionate, godly? Loving the Lord. Do we have a vision for these things? Your health. Do you have a vision for your health? Where, where you ought to be? Do, do you have a vision spiritually? What would your life be like if you heard God clearer? What would your life be like if you knew that your life was doing the will of God? What would your life be like if you knew you were bringing pleasure to the very heart of God? It takes vision for these things. See, most people live in wishful thinking. But then other people live in disciplined decisions. Do you know what makes the difference between the two? Vision. What could be, what should be, and what by God's grace will be. And today, listen, God wants to give you, he wants to give your marriage, he wants to give your relationships, he wants to give your children, he wants to give your future an incredible vision. Because I assure you, God is a God of vision. And he wants to share that with his people. Vision is very powerful. Are you discovering it? Are you walking in it? Are you living in it? See, here's the problem with us. Now say amen if you're with me right now. Can I, can I just do some teaching? I mean, just bare bones, basic, practical teaching. Here's the problem with us. As Christians, we look at the huge things. And when we think God's will, when we think vision, when we think future, we only think of the huge areas of life. But listen, that's not, that's not where it is. How many of you know this? And this is true. Most of our days are mundane. Is that right or wrong? 
most days are mundane. You get up, you eat your breakfast, you go to work, you do your routine, then you come home, you eat dinner, and you go to bed. I think it's 69% of Americans feel stuck in a routine. Maybe you're one of them. But see, let me share with you a biblical secret that not many people know or consider. God is in the mundane. God is in your routine. That's why the Bible says that he'll bless your uprising. That's when you get up in the morning. And God will bless your downsetting. That's when you go to bed at night. And God will bless every day of your life. He'll bless every moment of the day. But listen, the fact is, most days are mundane. But don't miss this. God's in the mundane. God is with you. See, some of you are working your job and you have no idea why you're really there. Yet God has people all around you for you to influence. For you to speak into their life. For you to share your faith with. If you realize the real purpose, why you live where you live, why you work where you work, why you're in the crazy family that you're in, if you realize all of the purposes of God and you could see the vision that God has for your life, it would blow you away. Because God's got a vision. And what vision does? I want you to write this down. Vision brings significance into our lives. But see, the problem is we can't see past the mundane. Friends, I want you to know, God is in the mundane. Life is not about thrill after thrill after thrill. Life is not about big thing after big thing after big thing. God's in the everyday routine. And let me tell you, if you would invite God into your daily routine, you would begin to feel and experience the blessings of God like never before. Can we say amen to that? Are you inviting God into your daily rhythm, into your daily routine? Some of you may may feel like what you do isn't significant. But let me tell you, because God is in the mundane, He turns the mundane into significance, right? Right? Someone can just simply fill bags with dirt. That don't seem very important, does it? But what happens when those bags turn into levees that saves the city? See, God will give you the right perspective. God will show you you're not working simply to earn a paycheck. You're working to glorify God in everything that you do. Am I making sense this morning? Vision will bring significance into your life. Why? Because God's in the little things. And so what we do as Christians, we miss it. We look at huge things and God's not always just in the huge things. God's in the little things that lead us into the big things. And that's why we got to invite God into these little boxes that we call 24-hour calendar. You know, your calendar's got little boxes in it, right? These little 24-hour windows and what do we try to do? We try to fill those little boxes as heavy as we can with, it, with all, the, all this. That. No. God don't want you. God doesn't want you to miss those little boxes, those little 24-hour windows. Listen, there's so much significance in them that God wants to do. Hey, see, if you're, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. 
in our Western culture, we measure our life by years, don't we? We mark birthdays. We mark anniversaries. By the way, yesterday was mine and Sadie's 12-year anniversary. Boy, she married a good one. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> We mark anniversaries and birthdays and that we mark our lives by years. But listen, do you realize the Bible doesn't teach years? The Bible doesn't teach us to measure or number our years. The Bible teaches us to number our days. You know why? Because life is as a vapor. It's here today and gone tomorrow. And while we think in terms of years, that's why people make all these New Year's resolutions and they fizzle out by Valentine's Day. Because we're, we're about years. And we think in terms of years. No, God wants us to think in terms of days. Why? Because when you start doing the right things, when you start doing the godly things, when you start doing things daily, that's when it compounds. That's when it begins to stack up in your life. That's when it really starts to measure up and make a difference. So let me ask you a question. Is your daily walk with God, is it daily? Is it daily? Good decisions, godly decisions, right decisions, healthy decisions, are they daily? Because let me tell you, that's where it's at. It's in the rhythm. It's in the routine. And when you began to do the right things daily, let me tell you, the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord, and you're going to end up in God's will in those major, major life decisions. But where does it begin? It begins back in the mundane. It begins in the daily rhythm. It begins in the daily routine. It begins in inviting God into your daily decisions. And that's where God brings his vision into your life. Am I making any sense at all this morning? Yes. Significance. God wants to bring great significance into your life. And I don't mean in huge areas. I mean Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, and so on. Every day, God wants to, <laughs> we're, we're renovated, we're renewed day by day. Amen. Number two, vision brings motivation. You know why so many of us lack discipline? What do we say? Most people live with wishful thinking, don't we? What's the difference between wishful thinking and disciplined living? Often, it's motivation. Well, listen, God's vision for your life will bring motivation. How so? Well, you know how you feel before you take a big trip? You know how excited you get before you take that big vacation? Why? Because you're going somewhere. Because there's a destination, right? And you start getting ready for it. How many of you are already thinking about your vacation this year? How many is already Googling stuff? Right? Do you live with that kind of excitement daily? Because here's the fact. Everybody's going somewhere in life. Few people get there on purpose. Come on now, right? Few get there on purpose. What's the difference? Vision. 
And just as you pack and just as you plan and just as you prepare for whatever that great trip is, whatever that great destination is, that's how you need to view the will of God. And you ought to be that excited every single day about the will of God for your life. Why? Because there's significance to your life. There's significance to this coming Monday. Come on now. There's significance to this coming Tuesday. You know what helps me when I plan my week? And every single week, I, I, I sit down either Saturday or Sunday, and I have a priority list, and I put my very top priorities in this list. Because you know why? Because there's so many things that I'll lose track. I want, here's how I picture my days. Because I want to maximize my opportunity for God's glory. Now, you guys know this. When you have to pack for a big trip, how many, how many of you do not pack well? How many of you are married to somebody that don't pack well? And, you know, you're standing on the suitcase trying to get it to zip, and, you know, you're going to have to pay an extra fee because it weighs 500 pounds. And... Now, you know this. If you throw everything into the suitcase, how much stuff are you going to fit? Not much. But if you carefully pack, how much can you really fit into it? Quite a bit. I, I tell you who can really pack, those who are in the military. Now, those people know how to pack, right? Do you view your days like that? Do you view your week? See, if you just throw anything and everything into your day, and you allow other people to throw their stuff into your day, you're not going to fit much at all. But see, if you're prayerful and you're careful and you pack into your week and you pack into your day those things that God wants you to be doing, you'll be amazed at what will fit. Amen? Do you live excited? Do you live... Are you excited about tomorrow morning? You're saying, Chad, if you knew where I worked, Chad, if you knew who I worked with, you would not be excited. No, my friends. The will of God ought to excite you. Amen. And you may be in a difficult place. Let, let me tell you, you want to talk, you want to talk about difficulty? I'm in a place of blindness. But yet I'm more excited about Monday morning than I can possibly stand. You know why? Because no matter what I gain and no matter what I lose, my life is about the will of God. Are you excited about the will of God for you? Now, not only does it bring... What's, what's my first one? Shoot. <laughs> Significance. Thank you. Thank you. It also brings motivation. In other words, it helps you see with a different perspective. D.L. Moody, that great, mighty man of God of the 1800s who pastored in Chicago, talking about having a different perspective. He went to London one year and spoke to a bunch of pastors at a hotel in London. And there were these huge windows that overlooked a park. And Dwight L. Moody asked those pastors, he said, look, look out the window and, and tell me what you see. And pastors began saying, well, we see trees and we see a park and we see children and we see mothers. 
And we see toys. And D.L. Moody said, brothers, let me tell you what I see. He said, I see souls that unless they come to Christ, they're going to spend an eternity in a Christless hell. Do you see what motivated him? Do you have the right perspective? Do you see life from an eternal standpoint? Do you see your children's future salvation? Do you see your family in heaven together? Do you see the things that God values and the things that God wants us about in this life? Yesterday evening, a group of us went to Hunger First to minister to the homeless as we feel the leading of the Lord to do every Saturday. This was our third Saturday taking food to Hunger First and praying with the homeless. As a church, and you know we're at Hope Haven every week uh, serving there, uh, Brother Randy Reese and Terry, and then we alternate the, the middle two and Randy and Terry are so faithful to the ministry of Hope Haven. They allow us to be part of what they're doing. And as we look at the landscape of our city, and we see the increase of homelessness in our city, what do we see? Do we see a problem that is to be solved? Or do we see people that are to be loved? What's our view? What's our perception? I know there's problems. I know it's complex. I know there's things with the city and there's things with different organizations and there's all kinds of finger pointing and there's all kinds of problems and everybody's got an opinion. But listen, the Bible doesn't ask our opinion. The Bible says love and serve. What's our perception? We don't have all the answers and we don't pretend to have the answers. Our little church right here cannot solve homelessness. But I tell you what we can do. We can do unto the least of these. And we can do it unto Jesus. Amen? Amen. What's our perception? How do we view? How do we see? Vision makes the difference. Lastly today, vision gives direction. It gives Shoot, help. I keep wanting to say inspiration. Come on, help me. Significance. Vision gives significance. Vision gives motivation. And lastly, vision gives direction. Let me ask you a question. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 26, you should memorize. It's very simple. It's just, it's just listen how simple this is to memorize. Ponder the path of your feet. Okay? Two phrases. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Vision gives direction. Some of you are facing decisions right now that you don't know what is the right decision. Some of you are in the throes of a decision. You're wrestling. You're restless. You're not, you're not at peace. Vision gives direction. And let me tell you, this is the word of God today. Ponder 
the path of your feet and then all your ways will be sure. Let me ask you a question. If you do the same things every day that you're doing right now for the next five years, you do the exact same things day in, day out, week in, week out, where will you be in five years? Will you be in a good place, in a healthy place? Will you be in a happy place? Will you be in a blessed place with God's hand on your life? Or will you be struggling, unhappy? Ponder the path you're on. And then all your ways will be sure. I want surety in my life. I want God's confidence in my life. See, when, 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 I, when I wrestle with blindness and I get discouraged and, you know, I get down and... No, let me tell you what picks me back up. I'm walking in the will of God. And that brings the satisfaction to my soul that eyesight was never able to do. I'm telling you, in the presence of God Almighty, I am more happy, blind as a bat, than I ever was with 2020 vision. And I'm telling you that in the presence of God. What makes the difference? Vision. Vision. It leads me in the paths of righteousness. And let me share with you, precious friends. If you're struggling, if you're in the throes of a decision, job, finances, health, marriage, children, problems with teenagers, whatever. Whatever. What job issues, pressures, depression, whatever. Whatever you're struggling with. Let me tell you Proverbs 4:18 and you should memorize it. The path of the righteous. Are you on the path of righteousness? Because if you're not on the path of righteousness, you're just welcoming more problems. If you're on paths of sin today, if you're on paths that are contrary to the will of God for your life, you're just opening the door to Satan and you're putting the kickstop down and you're leaving the door wide open to the enemy in your life. You're leaving the door so open to your children and to the future of your family, you just got the kickstop down and you're saying, Satan, come in and wreak havoc. If you're not on the path, dad, are you on the path of righteousness? Husbands, fathers, are you leading your family? Are you leading them? Do you have your family in church? Lead your family in the paths of righteousness. Moms, are you on a path of righteousness? Are you on a path, whether your husband's going that way or not, or if you're single today, whatever. Are you on a path of righteousness that your children are going to follow that path? Listen to what the scriptures say, because this is going to help us. I promise you. The path of the righteous is like the dawning of the day. I remember before I went blind, I would leave the house early in the mornings and it would be so foggy. You couldn't see far, could you? 
have those little fog headlights on your car, have to turn them on because you can't see far, not at the dawning of the day. But listen to what the Bible says. But the path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter until full noon day. You wrestling with a decision today? You don't know if you're on the path of righteousness? No, let me tell you. You get on the path of righteousness, and even though you can't see far, even though you can't see beyond maybe a few months or a few weeks, or you don't know what lies ahead, or you're really nervous about the future, whatever, let me tell you, the path of the righteous, it will grow brighter and brighter till full day. In other words, God will give you all the clarity that you need today, all of the clarity that you need. Is that you today? Is that what your life needs? Do you need clarity from the Lord? Do you need to hear from the Lord today? It might be that what you need to do, rather than focusing on that massive decision, invite God into the rhythm, into the routine, into your mundane, into your daily life. And say, Lord, I believe your vision for me is far greater than my vision for me. So let me begin to see your vision for my family, for my children, for my life. Can we say amen to this today? Let's bow our heads. Oh God, for those wrestling with decisions, for those seeking the will of God. And I just sense right now in my heart, Lord, there are some people who would give anything in the world to just know God's will. If they knew God's will, they would feel at peace. Lord, I pray for those people right now with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Perhaps you're here today and you want to come to this altar for a few moments. You can kneel You can sit on the platform. You can stand. Whatever you need to do, you just be comfortable. If you're wrestling today and you need the peace of God, you need understanding, you need discernment, you need wisdom today, why don't you just slip out of your seat and why don't you come bring it to the Lord? Bring your children to the Lord. Bring your finances to the Lord. Bring your health. Bring your job. Bring your relationships. Whatever it is that you say, God, I'm going to bring this decision. And rather than just trying to make a big decision, I'm going to invite you into the process. I'm going to invite you into my daily rhythm. If you need that today, just slip out of your seat right now. Just make your way up here. As I said, you can stand along the edges. You can sit on the platform. You can kneel, whatever you need to do. But bring it to the Lord. And see, here's the thing. When you bring it to the Lord, don't pick it up and take it home. Leave it. The Bible says, cast your cares upon him, for he cares for you. You know, God's interested in your decisions. And the Bible doesn't say, cast your cares before the Lord and then pick them up and then carry them all week long. It says, cast them, leave them, leave them with the Lord. Invite God right now.
Invite the Lord. Invite him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Alleviate burdens today, Lord God. Take on our burdens and trade with us, God. You say if we come to you and take your yoke upon us, Lord, your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Ours are so heavy, God, and yet you invite us to cast them to you, leave them with you. But your yoke is easy and your burden is light. So God, those of us here in the building, those watching online, Lord, those who we need to make decisions, God, we invite you into our lives. We invite you into the process. We invite you into the mundane. We invite you into our daily rhythm. We invite you into our new normals. We invite you, God. Be active, God. We, we, we just put the welcome mat of our lives out before you, God. And we tell you, Lord, you're welcome. You're welcome in our lives. You're welcome in our families. You're welcome in our parenting. You're welcome in our relationships, God. You're welcome in our covenants, in our unions, God. You're welcome in our money decisions, Lord. You're welcome in our church life. Welcome in our employment. We don't withhold any area of our lives from you, God. Lord, we want your vision. We want to see what you see for us. We want that hope and that future that you promise us in Jeremiah 29, 11, God. We're tired of doing things our own way. We're tired of being resistant to your will. We're tired of being rebellious, Lord. We're tired of resisting the will of God. And we submit today. I don't know who this is for, but oh God, we yield. We yield our families and we yield our decisions over to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And we don't resist any longer. Break our resistance in the name of Jesus. And we consecrate and we yield and we submit afresh our lives to the wonderful will of God. If you enjoyed today's broadcast and would like to hear more great content, you can always download our free mobile app, Awakened to Grace, where you can request prayer, find sermons, articles, blogs, music, podcasts, as well as support us financially. You can also visit either of our websites at www.preachingchristchurch.com or www.awakenedtograce.com for more information about our church or our resource ministry. Thank you for listening to Awakened to Grace.